Hello, hello, beautiful people. I'm Haley Hilveston. Welcome back to your Guide to Love podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Tim Curtin here, and he is from the Man Beyond Porn uh, Instagram. And he is really all about empowering men to have a healthier relationship with their sexuality and to not watch porn. So I'm very excited about this. He started his journey recently. He lives in Australia. Welcome. Thank you, Haley. I'm very happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to interview you. Okay, so tell everybody more about what you're doing. So I have struggled with porn addiction for the best part of 15 years. Um, it started when I was about 12 years old, um, being exposed to sort of, I guess, what you would call soft porn on television and in music videos and in magazines. And that kind of sparked my, my brain as a young boy to... Um, obviously with hormones pumping as well. Um, and that soon sort of cascaded into exploring internet pornography. And then I was very much hooked and um, to masturbation and porn. And it's been sort of a progress over the past three years of me learning about the NoFap movement, uh, which is a movement of men trying to quit porn um, and really trying with with little success to, to really move beyond my addiction. Um, and over the past, um, I've been on sort of my own personal journey of self-growth, you know, over the past 10 years, really. But in recent times, I kind of, I experienced a relationship breakdown, which sent me into a rut. Um, I was quite depressed. Um, kind of went through a dark night of the soul where I really just wasn't no, you know, I had no direction. I was confused. I was having some pretty serious suicidal thoughts. Um, and so I really, I, I'm very lucky to have a supportive family and with their help, I managed to sort of climb out of that rut. Um, and in doing that, I came across um, Reiki and energy healing. And so I booked a few sessions with a Reiki therapist, which really helped me sort of come into my body and become more aware of my body. Um, and I decided that it was helping me so much that I wanted to learn how to do it. Uh, so I actually booked a Reiki course and did a one-day course. Um, and in the following weeks, I was reading about Reiki and practicing Reiki on myself. And I, I started to really learn about how we can't really love others until we learn how to really love ourselves. Um, in, and in doing that, I also decided, well, okay, I really want to try and open up my own Reiki practice one day. Uh, but I knew nothing about business. So I decided to enroll in a business course with an Australian business coach named Kerwin Ray. And in this course, he has this mantra and he says, my word is my bond. My word is my commitment and my word is my truth. And that really hit me to the core because for years I'd been someone who was very wishy-washy, um, struggled with commitment issues, with friendships at work, in relationships and later on, once I really started researching about my porn addiction, I realized that my porn addiction was actually playing a very pivotal role in my brain being that way. Um, and so that struck me to the core. I thought, wow, what you, when you tell someone and you tell others and when you tell yourself you're going to do something, you really stick to it and follow through. Um, in my reading, I also came across a quote by Carl Jung, which is, one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. And so 
that really hit me as well. This idea of making the darkness conscious. So bringing to light the areas of ourselves that we don't feel comfortable with, that we're a bit ashamed of, or, you know, our dirty little secrets or things that we'd like to change about ourselves. And so it was really this culmination of self healing, learning to love myself, sticking to my word, being seen, bringing my darkness to the light. They all came together. And I had this sort of light bulb moment of, wow, my porn addiction is really holding me back and it's not allowing me to experience life in the way that I want to. Um, and so I can start an Instagram and just start sharing my problem and sharing my journey on a day-to-day basis. Um, and yeah, in doing that, I'm sort of harnessing that power of vulnerability and social accountability. There will be people at that point, you know, when I first started it, I didn't know how many people would be interested in, you know, listening to me or following that journey. Um, but in the beginning, it wasn't about the number of people. Well, it's never, it's not about the number of people, even just like five, Mm. 10 people. I was like, Oh my God, I've got people who are sort of keeping track of me doing this. So it immediately elevated my sense of like, people know that I'm trying to quit porn and people know that I'm doing it to try and see the benefits. And so that really motivated me to, to, to stick to that path. And so, yeah, here we are and it's, day 26 today and I haven't watched any porn and I am feeling really good. <laughs> mm. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can so relate to you when you talk about the whole dark night of the soul and the spiritual thing. That's such a big com- component of sexuality. And you know, a lot of people mm. don't, they look at spirituality and sexuality and they think, well, how can they be related? But they're way related. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's it. And I think, you know, in our culture, there's sexuality is still very much a taboo. Mm-hmm. And it's something that people feel uncomfortable talking about, you know, sex, masturbation, porn, they bring up a lot of um, shame for people, a lot of confusion, there's lack of education. Um, there's awkwardness, there's sort of awkward energy around those conversations, um, which make it difficult to have sort of open, honest conversations with one another about stuff that we're going through with that um and so and that's probably that can sort of become that can start to fester a little bit um in people and i think that's how you know we see people really struggling with their sexuality because of that yeah i agree with you about that and that's something i'm always focused on when i first started coaching in this it was two years ago and i was so nervous to switch from health coach to what i'm doing now i was like yeah I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> can I really talk about that on Instagram? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but, but you're so right about that. We shouldn't feel, you know, bad because now I'm doing this work and obviously you realize this too. It is so, so needed that people talk about sexuality and porn because if we don't, yeah. it's going to continue to be this awkward thing that like is this huge issue, but no one discusses it. That's it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the more we talk about it, the less awkward it gets and the more comfortable we feel. And it just becomes like, you know, we're, we're happy to talk about our diet and mm-hmm. you know, our exercise regime and our sexuality really is just as fundamental. It's just a component of our health and our expression as human beings. And so, you know, the more we talk about it, the better. And it's, it's just very much a natural thing, isn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, even like the people, you know, I speak to a lot of people that are in sexless relationships. And it's yep. like, okay, okay, the more you talk about that, the more you let go of the shame of it. And so if you notice the people that DM you, do they say, oh, OMG, like I have this big porn issue and I have shame? 
they don't necessarily, I haven't received a message from someone saying that I am struggling with shame as such, mm-hmm. but it becomes very clear that that's what they're saying when they talk about how they're feeling. Um, you know, I'm feeling depressed. Um, I don't, I feel, you know, like I'm, you know, worthless because I've, I can't stop. I mean, that's one of the big ones is I just can't stop. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just can't stop watching it. Um, and so shame is, yeah, a very, very consistent theme that comes through. And I've received a few messages from, from guys who are in relationships and um, very concerned about the way that it's affecting their intimacy with their girlfriend um, or, or their partner. And it's, yeah, it's a big, it is a big issue. It is definitely a big issue. Okay, so go into that. Why is it such a big issue? Well, I mean, it's a big issue for a number of reasons, but I think, first of all, I think when we talk about porn, what we're really talking about is a very highly addictive um, activity and the, it affects the brain in a very serious way. I mean, research is showing that it is akin to, it has similar effects to a drug addicted brain, such as cocaine. Um, and so when we watch, when we watch porn uh, to an excessive amount and it starts to, when the porn enters the brain it triggers um the dopamine it starts pumping dopamine which is a neurotransmitter um, which creates feelings of pleasure and it also triggers a protein called delta force b which starts to create neural and nerve pathways which make it easier and easier to return to porn as a habit for triggering this pleasure response Um, and after over time excessive consumption results in hypofrontality which is actually a mild form of brain damage which is reduced blood flow to the prefrontal lobe and in the prefrontal lobe we have the prefrontal cortex which is the part of our brain um, which isn't fully developed until we're age 25 which is an interesting part of this whole thing but it's responsible for executive functions like goal setting, emotional judgment, uh, rational decision-making, motivation, willpower. And so it's porn over time hijacks the part of our brain that we need to be able to be emotionally available to ourselves and to our partners, to our coworkers, to our family and friends. It affects our ability to set goals and follow through. And so what, results from a porn addiction is this phenomenon called brain fog where you start to suffer symptoms of anxiety depression um, lack of motivation lack of worthiness these feelings start to creep in and i think a lot of men are what you might call high functioning porn addicts Mm -hmm. where they may not be fully aware of the effect that the porn is having on their brain but they're able to either suppress it or ignore it um, and sort of get on with everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the lack of awareness around the harms of porn and also the benefits of quitting porn, I think, is a problem in that men are believing, and this is because porn in our culture has been very normalised. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, in the common sort of dominant cultural narrative, porn is just a part of life, especially for men, you know, when men talk to one another, I've had these conversations with my friends over the years where it's like, you talk about what porn videos you've seen, you know, almost as if it's just like, you've just watched a TV show. It's just completely normal. So that's a huge problem. That's a part of why it's um, 
hard to get at because if you if the moment you express a view of being anti-porn you're seen as almost old-fashioned or a prude mm-hmm. yeah ah yeah. Oh, yeah yeah that's so true okay so go into the benefits though for the people that are listening they're like yeah well i mean for me yeah well for me what really helped in my journey and this education is so important of just reading other people's stories or listening to other people's stories and reddit is a popular website with lots of r-e-d-d-i-t it has lots of um, community forums on pretty much every topic you could think of and there's a topic for nofap Um, so for people who aren't aware of what nofap is fap is a colloquial term for masturbation, fapping. And so no fap basically just means abstaining from masturbation. Um, and there's a Reddit, there's a website for no fap and also a Reddit page for no fap. And there's also a Reddit page for semen retention. Um, so semen retention is actually a really, is, is a movement that is um, quite ancient in its origins. It's showed up in a lot of different cultures around the world and called different things. But in the West, we call it semen retention. And it's the idea of retaining your semen. So abstaining from ejaculation through either masturbation or through sex. Um, And it has many reported benefits. Um, There's a long list from, you know, more energy, more confidence, thicker hair, clearer skin, deeper voice, um, more motivation, stronger relationships. The, The list goes on and on. And I started reading about men's journeys and uh, reports on these forums and online about how they've quit porn for 30 days and their life has changed, their relationship is better, or they found a girlfriend when they hadn't had one for years. Or um, So sort of hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of these reports. And I started reading them and I thought, okay, I can't ignore, there's too many people reporting these benefits. I can't ignore this. I, I want to be a part of this. Like I want these benefits for myself. And I also started wondering where some of my health problems um, were to do with my porn addiction and excessive ejaculation and masturbation of, you know, um, I have a zinc deficiency and zinc is one of the proteins that show up in semen, um, mm-hmm. lower testosterone levels at different times. And even just, you know, anxiety and depression over the years, I've wondered, is, you know, I'm sure that my excessive masturbation and porn addiction played a pretty pivotal role in, um, in those experiences. Mm. And I've heard it even ages men too, right? Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, it caused like losing all of that, uh, semen, which has vital proteins and nutrients and minerals and just the energy and, and the exhaustion that it puts the body through. Um, it, it, yeah, it has an aging effect. It can cause, it can sort of speed up hair loss and, um, decreased muscle growth and, and yeah, it's, it's Mm. quite a, yeah, it's a game changer. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's incredible. Um, okay. So go into, so semen retention, go into what are your like results from it so far? So, so far, um, I mean, I think the, I realized like looking back since I was 12, 13, once my body actually started producing and ejaculating semen, I realized I hadn't gone for more than probably a couple of weeks in 15 years, um, 16 years, which is amazing when you think about it. It's, it's like, I realized I'd never really tried that even just to experiment how that could affect my body. 
Um, and so now being on day 26, I've, I've noticed my voice has naturally lowered a little bit. Um, my facial hair comes, I mean, I'm not a very hairy guy and I don't really can't grow a beard, but my facial hair feels as though it's coming through a bit thicker. Um, my eyes are definitely brighter. I think my skin is, I had a sort of a, a, uh, a blind pimple under my cheek that has cleared up on its own. Um, I have more energy. I feel like there's more time in the day. I have more, when I'm talking to people, I'm more comfortable giving eye contact and actually listening to them. Um, whereas before I felt like it's almost like talking to them. I felt like they could see that part of me. Like they could see that I was doing this, um, <laughs> which is weird, but that's kind of how it feels. But when you stop it, you're more, it's almost like because you know, you're not doing it. You're comfortable with, with that part of yourself now, because it's like, I've, 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 if you're defining yourself, which I am as being beyond it, then I don't feel the shame of that anymore. And I think the shame of that, of just thinking, Oh, what if my family, what if my friends, what if my girlfriend or knew about what I was watching and what I was doing, they would, you know, they would think I was a horrible person or they'd think I was a fraud or, and that really weighs you down over time, even if it's just in the back of your head. And so letting go of that is just like, Oh, it's a big relief. It's weight off the shoulders. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I love everything you're saying though, because I think that it's so, when people want healthy relationships, you have to let go of the shame. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. I mean, for me, I have been single for the past seven months. Mm -hmm. Before that, I was in a relationship for three and a half years. And at first, porn didn't come up right away and I didn't mention it. But eventually it came up and I told her that I was watching porn. And then I told her that I had a problem with porn. Mm -hmm. And when I told her, it was, it was high. It wasn't easy for me to admit to. But when I did, it really helped our relationship and it helped our intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, and once she knew that it was a problem for me, she was very, I was lucky in that she was a very supportive and lovely woman. And she, you know, tried to support me through it. Um, and I, I was also, because I'm quite a sensitive person, um, I was very aware that it affected not only my, our sexual satisfaction for me and for her, um, but also our emotional connection and intimacy. And so I realized that the more I watched porn, the worse our relationship got. Um, that just became very apparent to me. And in the, in the times that I stopped watching porn and masturbating, even if it was only a few days or a week at a time, I noticed our intimacy rose and our connection got stronger and we just enjoyed one another's company more. Um, some of the negative effects of watching porn, you know, in that relationship, I just, I would find myself more irritable um, and fr I'd get frustrated more easily. And um, I even at times felt repulsed by her, um, which is insane. Like looking back now, it's just insane that I felt that way because she's gorgeous and um, she's a lovely person. And there was absolutely no reason for me to feel repulsed by her energy or her presence. Um, other than, I mean, she wasn't perfect. None of us are perfect, but it was, I really, that woke me up and, and being addicted to porn in the context of a relationship really helped me wake up more to the negative effects that it has on my psychology and my emotional and mental health as well. Mm. And I'm so glad you're doing this work now though, because I've spoken to men where I spoke to a guy, this is a few months ago, 
in his sexless marriage. And he told me that he would not be watching as much porn as he is if his relationship was healthier sexually. But part of me thinks maybe his porn addiction has something to do with him not having sex. Who knows? I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know her, yeah. po- her point of view because I only talked to him. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a really interesting point, actually. And I think that's something that will vary from couple to couple. I mean, I was, I think, as well, lucky that we had a healthy sex life in the sense that we were having sex very regularly. We were both had sort of, we shared one another's sex drive, I suppose you could say, or, or mm-hmm. we we sort of were on the same wavelength in that sense. Um, in saying that though, in, when it comes to the sex itself, you know, the sex improved in terms of the sex satisfaction levels, the, 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 um, the level of intimacy during sex, sort the kinds of sex we had and for how long was all affected by periods of time where I wasn't, wasn't watching porn. I mean, over, over years, I really did become aware of that trend and it was a trend that I don't think was purely coincidental. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think it might, it's, it's hard. Because there were times when she wanted to have sex and I, and I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because I'd been watching porn and masturbating and I, my sex drive was diminished and I just didn't want to and didn't feel like it. So I wasn't able to meet her needs in some, at some times. And then there was other times when she didn't want to have sex with me because she knew that I had been watching porn. And so porn really is, can become a wedge between people and it creates this um, feeling of separation. And so it can be hard to bridge that, especially if the female um, or, or, you know, one partner um, feels as though they're not worthy or they're not um, as attractive. Um, and that can really start to become an issue as well. Mm. Yeah. Cause one thing I've noticed is, and what, let me know what you think about this. Do you think that people do compare their bodies to porn? Like, Oh my God, I'm not as big as him or, Oh my, she has perfect breasts. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. And the interesting thing that I also noticed with porn with, that feeds into that idea is the, the companies that uh, I've done a little bit of research into how the porn major porn websites function. And they're own, a lot of the top 100 sites are actually owned by a company called MindGeek. Mm-hmm. And most people haven't heard of the company MindGeek, but it's a huge, huge company and it has monopoly, pretty much monopoly over the porn industry. Mm-hmm. And basically they're a team of porn producers and content creators, but they're also a highly sophisticated web developers, data analysts, and IT people. So they've created really sophisticated algorithms on their websites, which track which videos you watch for how long, your mouse movements, which categories, and everything to tailor what comes up as your recommended and to tailor what they create. So it's essentially becomes a little bit of an echo chamber where your sexual preferences are being tracked and then refed back to you. So there's a what can happen is that your sexual taste can start to become very one dimensional um, depending on your viewing habits. And so that can really affect how you view women and what, what as, you know, aspects of women or men that you find um, attractive and sexually arousing and um, ideal. And so if, you know, if you're a man or a woman and you're watching lots of porn with lots of similar types of things, but your partner doesn't represent what you're watching, 
then you can start to lose that sexual attraction to your partner because they're not fulfilling that image that you've become programmed. You've sort of programmed yourself in a way by engaging with these algorithms. Mm. That is so messed up. Well, you know what's messed up too is the fact that it's free <laughs> and it's everywhere. Yeah. That's yeah, what scares me is, you know, when we're, because we're both around the same age. When I have kids one day, I don't want them to be like five years old and then see it. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I haven't. I mean, obviously, I haven't got kids yet myself, but I've got two nieces um, and they're three years old and six months and they're both little girls and I love them to death. And the thought of them growing up in the kind of culture that we've got at the moment, which is highly mm. pornified and sexualized and just like anyone with a smartphone and a Wi-Fi connection can access hardcore porn within seconds. Um, so it's quite frightening. Yes, it is. Because that's what I always tell people is I'm not anti-sex. I'm saying let's anti-pornographic sex and let's talk about yeah. healthy sexual relationships. But it's weird because yes. our society is highly sexual but also sexually repressive at the same time. Yeah, like, it's that's weird. true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I was reading um, recently an article of someone writing about this idea that because the porn industry is so uh, highly accessible, Mm -hmm. um, around the world. And it's, you know, it's estimated $97 billion a year, um, which is, I think to put that in perspective, Hollywood makes about $10 billion a year. Um, so this is a really, really powerful, rich industry. Um, and so we need to sort of push this, push the people who are creating the content to be, become more aware of the impact that they're having to create, if they are going to continue making porn to create it in a really ethical way that is celebrating and promoting you know consent and you know connectedness and loving intent and you know i think if there's core loving intent in sexual intercourse whether it's one person two people or a group of people then it doesn't limit the potential for exploration and experimentation in terms of you know role playing or dominance and submission these are all things that can be played with and experimented with in a very loving and positive way um, and i think that's important that we understand as well is that <clears throat> we're not sort of asking for porn to be to not exist necessarily um, but if it is going to exist it needs to be in a way that's gonna promote healthier ideals mm. Yeah. Okay. So my thing is, is how do they make that much money? Cause it's free. I don't get where, where's the money coming from? So basically uh, there's a, there's a number of porn sites that are, are what they're called tube sites. Um, so the major ones are red tube, you porn, porn hub. Um, and these they're tube sites because the way they work is they're basically modeled on, you know, YouTube. Mm -hmm. So basically YouTube is a, uh, hosts this server where people can anyone can create an account and upload mm -hmm. their own content and then youtube makes revenue on advertising um on these um, videos so these tube sites the porn industry makes uh money through ad revenue on these tube sites and also through paid subscription websites um, which sort of usually cover more niche on markets where people can actually pay for memberships to access, you know, exclusive content or more uh, longer content or whatever it is. Um, but primarily yeah, through, through advertising from, from porn producers and 
they the other the other thing as well with those sites is because anyone can create an account within five minutes and you don't need to have a background check or any sort of um I think I think all that's required to create an account on Pornhub is just to take a photo of yourself holding up your name and an email address, and mm-hmm. then you can create an account and upload any content that you want. Um, and Pornhub claims that they have a pretty rigorous process on sort of filtering the content for consent and for age uh, legality. Um, but there's been hundreds and hundreds of videos that have been found that have involved underage um, girls and, and, and kid, child pornography, basically. Um, and there's a lot of allegations now toward Pornhub about legitimacy of that filtering process. Um, and so, yeah, th- this is the sort of content that we can come across very easily without even wanting to just because it's on the website. Yeah, and that's the stuff that terrifies me because back to what you're saying, like if they're going to make that much money, which is insane. I knew it was a lot. I didn't know it was that much. That's crazy. (laughs) Um, But if you're going to be making billions of dollars, at least make sure that both of the people, it's consensual, you know, like that's ridiculous. Well, that's it. I mean, I think, and part of the reason I think watching this type of sort of uh, commercially produced sort of porn I mean, the thing with porn addiction as well is that because it desensitizes the dopamine receptors, Mm -hmm. over time, porn consumers start looking for more novel content. So something that's going to spark the novelty and and create a bigger high, so to speak. And that usually results in porn viewers looking for more hardcore, more intense content. And so over the years, the porn industry and the porn producers have had to start making content that really pushes the limits to keep people coming back. Um, And so that results in this very highly accessible content that is really pushing the limits of sort of, um, you know, you know, there's themes of incest and there's themes of, of rape and there's themes under of underage participants um, that it, and so, yeah, it's it's very dark. And I think the reason that it has such a toxic effect on us, those of us that have consumed it, is because you just there's no way of knowing really whether the people in it, to what extent they've given their consent. Um, you know, I've heard a story of one porn former porn actress, Mia Khalifa. She was in did an interview with um, the BBC, and she was talking about how, you know, in when she went for the interview and she was sitting there and they gave her the contract and asked her to sign it. She was sitting in a room with four men all sort of looking down and staring at her. And she felt a lot of pressure to just sign the form. Um, So there's the degree to which someone is capable of giving their hundred percent consent and really be fully informed of what's going to happen during the scene and whether that's going to change. It's really hard to know just from watching it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I brought up that book, mm-hmm. The Porn Myth, for those of you who are listening. I'll post the uh, book below. But yeah, that's one of the reasons why I mentioned that book is because it says the same thing about certain uh, situations where it was like not okay for the women. And for yeah. me, like I'm all about promoting healthy sexuality, safety for men and women, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, that's it. And I think that's why I think we need to see changes in the porn industry. And the more pressure that's put on them um to you know i think there's a there's a a movement called trafficking hub which have made a petition on change.org to try and shut down Pornhub just for its 
complicitness in some illegal activity. Um, and you know, these are the sort of movements that we want, we need to see more and more. So people are just raising that awareness and understanding that the porn that we're currently consuming or that is widely accessible is just not healthy and it's not, um, just, and it needs to be changed. Yes. I agree with you about that. Okay. So what final takeaway do you have for the beautiful people listening? Um, I think for, for, for the men that are listening who are, are struggling with porn, I would just say, understand that you're not alone and that it is, it takes time and, and really it's important to be kind to yourself and be patient with yourself. Um, I would also say, educate yourself, um, just become more aware if you're not entirely aware of the har- some of the harms of porn and also the benefits of quitting porn. I think for me personally, there's a quote that I love and it's um, the secret of change is not on fighting the old, but on building the new and something for me personally, which has really helped my journey is really focusing my energy, not on trying to fight a problem that I feel I've had, but really on focusing on building the future that I want and the healthy sort of life, the healthy relationships and the healthy, um, yeah, yeah, the healthy life that I want to build. And for me, I realized that quitting porn was a huge part of that. And so that's a really good motivator for me to keep pushing toward that. Um, the other thing I would say is um, there are certain apps that you can download that help track your progress. You know, there's Fortify, uh, Quitzilla, Sobriety Counter. So they can help you track your progress as you go from day to day. Um, And something else that really helps is having an accountability partner. So whether it's a friend, a family member, or your partner, just letting someone in to your, to your journey, just letting at least one other person know that this is what you're trying to do and someone you trust who can help support you and sort of keep you um, pushing along. Mm. Uh, And yeah, I think for, for, for ladies or, or for, for men who are listening who and their partner is struggling with porn addiction, I think as well, know that you're not alone. Um, there's, there's millions, probably hundreds of millions of us that are all struggling with this issue. Um, and I would say, you know, be as supportive and patient as you can and where it is appropriate. I think if I, I've had a, a few women message me actually and really struggling with their, their partner's for having really serious porn addictions and not being able to, to um, they haven't been able to overcome it. And there's been situations where there's lying. I think if there's lying and going behind your back, you just have to sort of be careful and know your worth, understand that their addiction is really their problem. And it's a mental health problem that they need to take responsibility for. Um, And, you know, if it's, if it's really affecting you, it might be time to take a step back and, um, seek out help from someone as well. Mm. But yeah, I think just, I mean, just to spin it positive, I think this is really, really good. Um, this is where this is a great time to be alive because all of this information is coming out. We're starting to really awaken more to our sexual health and our sexuality. Um, and the more we talk about this stuff, the better it's all going to get for all of us. And I think we have a lot to, to look forward to as we continue on this journey. Mm, yes, I so agree with you. Uh, I will be posting your link below to Instagram. Thank you so much for joining Thank me. You. It is so Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Haley. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I think you're, what you're doing with this um, work as well is incredible. And yeah, I just really appreciate you for this conversation. Yes, definitely. We need to just keep having it. So thank you so much. Yeah.
And yeah, everybody be sure to subscribe. DM Tim if you have any questions about anything that he mentioned below. And have a great night. All right. Bye, y'all.